Hey, it's Coley, and you're listening to Still With You. Hey everyone, welcome to Still With You. This is the 10th episode of the podcast, and today I'm going to be speaking with my friend Tori Osborne. The best way that I can describe Tori is by saying that she represents Christ so well. She is a NICU nurse and is constantly giving her heart away every single day, caring for babies and tending to their families. And she also has a heart for mission work in the Dominican Republic. You'll notice at one point in the podcast she says, don't put this in the podcast, but, and then continues on with the information being shared. Don't freak out. I have her permission to use all of the information that she shared, and I will explain why I left that part of the conversation in this episode. So stay tuned for that later. You guys are going to love Tori. She is so sweet and really check out her accent. It is absolutely the most darling thing ever. So please enjoy this interview with my amazing, beautiful friend, Tori. Osborne. Do you remember how we met? No. Because I do. I do do? specifically. Yeah. So you were part of like the Fosco crew when we first met at Fosco's. Do you remember that? Yes. And it was like Tiffany, Tiffany, Layton, Sarah, Jamie, and Ashley. Do you remember Ashley? I remember that because that night was so important to me. Really? Yes, because I I finally had like met everyone and I finally found my people. Yes. And I remember you specifically because you had on like a loose pair of beach pants and you had on a (laughs) denim shirt and you were just like sitting in your coffee and I was like, she is the cutest thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny you remember that. I do now that you said that. Yeah. Because we sat, uh, we sat on that little couch thing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We sat on the couch and I remember just hearing that you were a nurse and I thought that was so cool. (laughs) I I was seriously. Yeah. So, so tell me where you're originally from. So I'm originally from South Florida, like West Palm Beach area. Okay. How long have you lived in Pensacola? August will be two years. So I guess just out a year and a half. What made you move here? Okay. So this is actually a really neat story and it's all God. So I went to school in Memphis mm-hmm. and um, like nursing school in Memphis. And right after I graduated, I decided to, I wanted to move back home to South Florida. So I moved back home. I moved in with my grandmother because I didn't have a job and I knew I only wanted to do NICU. I wasn't even going to apply to like other positions. I just wanted to do NICU. Well, the main hospital like in West Palm Beach that had a NICU, they weren't hiring until November and it was May. So oh I was my like, gosh. yeah, like I really can't wait that long. Um, but it was May and I was going to Jamaica in June. And so I was like, I'll just look at jobs just here and there like apply for jobs I really didn't even want because I was tired of um like waiting for a job to open up so I just started applying for random jobs like at a outpatient surgery center like at a pediatrics office all jobs I would have hated uh-huh but I needed some kind of income. I finally decided that I was gonna wait until after Jamaica and I was really praying about it and I was like okay god like Obviously, trying to take it into my own hands isn't working, and I don't know what your plan is, but I only want to do NICU, and I really felt like that. That's why I went to nursing school, was to be a NICU To specifically be in the NICU, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I felt like God had laid that on my heart for a reason, and so I was like, okay, after Jamaica, then I'll get serious about looking for a job. So I went to Jamaica, came back on a Saturday. On Sunday, a good friend of mine who's like, a sister to me. They lived in Memphis. And she had called me and she was like, so we're in Navarre. Do you want to come watch the kids for the week? While we decided to move here randomly. They decided to move here. And so they're like, we watch the kids while we look for a house. And I was like, okay, like I don't have a job, so why not? <laughs> yeah. So that was on a Saturday night that I got home from Jamaica. Sunday morning, I woke up and drove here. Got here and her aunt actually lives here and works in the NICU. She was a charge nurse. Uh-huh. Um, How long of a drive was that though? Like nine hours. <laughs> a nine hour drive, just like coming nanny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But got here Sunday, Monday, her aunt found out that I had come in town and she knew, I, she knew like I wanted to work in a NICU. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, 
just come up here to come see me at work. You can just look around and see what you think. And at the time, I'm like, I'd never been to Pensacola ever. Uh-huh. And so I was like, no. Like, in my mind, Pensacola was this little town. The hospital was going to be little. The NICU was going to be little. And I wanted somewhere big with, like, a big NICU. I'd get lots sure. of experience. So I just already had it in my mind that I did not want to move to Pensacola. But she, like, asked me a couple other times. She's like, just come look. And so I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'll just come look. So I drove up here from Navarre, and I met her at work, and she showed me around. And we had the sweetest manager at the time. Her name was Melissa. Like, you just can't tell her no. There's something about her presence. Like, yeah. you literally, she's one of those people you cannot tell no. And so she's like, well, just come sit in my office for a minute and let's just talk. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went in there and we talked for a while. Were you already getting nervous a little bit? No, because I didn't want to. Okay, so you didn't, this wasn't already transitioning into an interview. You were just like. I was just up there to see Lisa because Lisa had asked me like three times. And so, um, like I still, at this point I was still like, I'm not moving to Pensacola. Like, Mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Like, no. Okay. And so, no, I wasn't nervous because I didn't really want a job there. And so. I didn't know how if she called you into the office though, if all of a sudden you're like, okay, like is there some, (laughs) your heart was still closed at this point. I got you. I'll go talk to you, but I don't want a job here. Yeah. And so we sat down, we talked for a while, and she was like, why don't you just come back on Thursday for a peer interview? And I was like, girl, (laughs) I was like, I don't know. She's like, just come back. Like, it'll be good. And I was like, okay. So I said, okay. And then got out of her office and went and walked around the unit with Lisa and the unit is like a 70 bed unit. It's 67 beds. So it's Is that big really for a hospital? Big. Yes. It's I mean the NICU is by far the largest unit in Sacred Heart. Okay. So a 67 bed NICU is huge. And so I didn't realize how big it was and that it was a level 3. So they did everything but cardiac. So we have surgery kids, we have they we resuscitate at 22 weeks. So really early. Anyway, so looked around the unit, we went back to like this room that we call 3C and there's her name was Whitney and she was back there and she was like, "Are you taking a job here?" And I was like, "No, like I think I'm coming back on Thursday for a peer interview, but I was really just here to see Lisa." And she's like, she asked where I was moving from. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, she's like, I'm moving out of my place in August and I need somebody to take over the lease on my condo. Oh my gosh. And she's like, let me just send you pictures. And I was like, okay, like just send me pictures, whatever. Didn't really think much wow. of it. So she did. She sent me pictures. I came back on Thursday for my peer interview. And on Friday, I was offered a position. Goodness. <laughs> I took it. I took the position. And then Whitney, it was, it's this place. Whitney moved. You're still in the same I'm apartment the that same you place. saw the photos of. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I moved in without actually seeing it And it's beautiful, it by the way. Oh my goodness. Your decor here is lovely. Thank you. I absolutely love it. <laughs> you have all these beautiful little, like, canvas signs. I love them. Yeah. You would definitely have a gift of, like, decorating. We should come, like, redo my house. This is lovely. Oh, my gosh. If I had the money, I would be an interior designer and this, make another life. Well, I just don't have the money. Like, I'm poor. Well, it's so cool <laughs> that you're, like, so smart and, like, in the medical field. And then you also have, like, this creative side. Like, this is honestly, like, the perfect place for a podcast. Like, I feel like the creativity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Aww. beautiful colors and everything. Thanks. Like, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, avert. But it's beautiful no. here. But it's, this is the same apartment that... You saw the pictures. Yeah, this is the same part. So I moved in without seeing it. I just saw like wow. her pictures and she moved out and I moved in a week later. And oh isn't that gosh. crazy? It just happened so fast. And you were it, dead set on like. I was dead set so on So when you got Pensacola. to Pensacola, when you came to this apartment, like what was your immediate feeling? Empty apartment, just you being here, new city. What did you feel? I was really excited. I was super excited that I got a job in the NICU, which is what I wanted, and a big unit, which is also what I wanted. I was really just, like, excited to see what God had in store here in Pensacola. It fell into place so easily that it was nothing but God. Yeah. Like, just the way it all happened, it was nothing but God. And it was when I finally decided to just give it over to Him. And I was like, okay, look, like, it'll all work out. Like, I fully trust in God. Like, I stopped trying to take it into my own hands and figure it out for myself. Yeah. And that's when it just all fell into place perfectly. 
I couldn't. And seriously, he blessed me with the world's best landlords. They're a Christian couple. Oh, goodness. They just had their second baby two weeks ago. Um, I mean, they're just incredible. And you literally live right by the water. Like, you, yeah. you, you literally <laughs> yeah. are like our, it's Bayview, like, uh-huh. scenic route. Okay. It feels like recently, and Tiffany Chin has been talking about this a lot, is that God is a God of details. And it's like, your story just like screams that. Right. It's crazy how he has everything mm-hmm. lined up. I just, I'm going to go back to this. I cannot believe how your heart took a change. Like it's spun on a dime. Yeah. Like does your, have you found yourselves in situations that you're usually like that? What happened? I think that was just God. You know, I do think that God can just change a heart like that. And I think he just changed mine because he knew this is what he wanted me to be yeah. at. And it was just like, as soon as I got offered the job, crazy but I didn't even think twice about accepting it when before like I was dead set on not moving to Pensacola but as soon as I got offered that job I was I took it without a second thought what made you want to go into the medical field specifically being like a NICU nurse um because when I was 12 my little brother was born and he was in the NICU for like three months he got RSV while he was still in the hospital and um Ended up in the NICU and then had to be transferred to PICU because he got RSV and that's super contagious. But he almost died. He was on a ventilator for two months, like almost lost him a couple times. Oh my goodness. mm -hmm. But it was just going through that with my family and then seeing how those doctors and nurses, like they saved their life. Wow. Mm -hmm. How old were you when this happened with him? Twelve. Okay, so you were able to take it in like Mm -hmm. fully. We're not just a little kid. Right. Wow. What's our... RSV. Yeah, it's like a respiratory infection. And so to you and I, it would be like a cold, but to a baby, it's deadly. And we didn't really realize how deadly it was, but my little sister is just 13 months younger than my brother. Uh And so she had just turned a year and she had a really bad cold. And so she had RSV, we think. Uh And when she came up to the hospital to see my brother, you know, when my mom just had him, Mm -hmm. we think she gave it to him. Oh, goodness. Mm -hmm. And just because newborns really don't have much of an immune system. Is it something he's still struggling with today? He has had, like, side effects just because his brain went for a while without oxygen because he was in the NICU for, like, three weeks, and then they discharged him. Okay. And he was still sick. And then my mom woke up in, like, the middle of the night, and he was, like, white like a piece of paper. And so that's when he got flown down to a children's hospital um, in West Palm Beach, that one that I wanted to work at. Sure. And um, by the time he got there, it was, he had gotten, like, so long with his oxygen, so low. Because the hospital that we lived next to didn't even have, like, a labor and delivery department. So mm-hmm. they didn't even have, like, the things to resuscitate him or to adequately provide him oxygen or anything like that. They had him on, like, a mask, like a pediatric patient would okay. have, which he was only three weeks old. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for your family to go through and a lot for you to guys to like all take in at such like, actually it doesn't matter what age you are. That's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But it really gave me like a different perspective for like working in the mm-hmm. NICU because my family went through it. And obviously I don't know what it's like from a mother's standpoint, but I know how it affects the family. Just seeing how hard those nurses like fought for my brother it was just incredible and after that I just knew that's what I wanted to do that's what I went to nursing I went to nursing school knowing that's what I want to do and a lot of people will change their you know they'll you'll go in and you'll be like I want to do NICU I want to do peds or something along those lines but by the time they're done like they've changed their mind but I like stuck like I was you didn't change your mind mm -mm, I was stuck to NICU the entire time wow okay if you would work one other department besides like the NICU what would you what would you choose i'm just curious i don't know if i would you would you don't have don't have like a second favorite <laughs> i mean if i had to pick another one i would probably do pediatric trauma in like okay. a trauma hospital which we're not a trauma we're not a pediatric trauma okay. hospital we do get traumas but i would work at like a big like gainesville pediatric trauma type Got thing it. i had to because i'm an adrenaline junkie really mm-hmm. like roller coasters like yeah. everything yes. scary to yeah and at work like the sicker the babies are the more i enjoy what i do are you serious mm-hmm. wow yeah i've pretty much always been so like the worst that. case like the more you're just like apt to fix it and you're you just oh my goodness the more i love it it's just like that adrenaline rush that you get from it wow. which it's not always you know, fun and games. It's hard. And I do end up taking like a lot more home with me than I probably should. That's what I was going to ask you. How do you unpack some of the harder parts of your job? Just having like a support system. And sometimes, you know, 
I have friends outside of work, but nobody really understands unless they've gone through it too. Mm-hmm. So I work with an amazing group of women, like amazing. I couldn't ask for better coworkers and we're all just like there for each other. Like this last week I had taken a primary. So you, um, we do primaries if baby's super sick or just it will be in the NICU for a really long time. And I'd always said no to like taking a primary. Um, I've been asked like a few other times, but I didn't want to be stuck with just one baby. And, uh, like I like change. So I thought I would get really bored and I already get attached to like some families and I couldn't imagine how attached I would be if I took them as a primary because that means every single day you're at work, you're going to have that same baby. And so, um, like I've always said no. And then we had a baby a couple months ago, like a month ago, and her parents asked me to be a primary and I was like, Oh, so the parents have to ask you. Yeah. Well, no, you can take them without the parents asking you. Okay. But I had a mom ask me, and I was like, felt like I was supposed to, but I was like, I'll pray about it. I'll let you know, because I did not want to. And I'm really stubborn sometimes, like extremely stubborn. Like, what's the responsibilities of a primary, though? It just means every single time you're at work, you're going to have that baby. So you're never going to have, like, any... So it's really good for continuity of care. You get to know the baby really well. Yeah, you get to know the baby really well. You get to know the family. Like, you know they're normal. You know what's not normal for them. Um, And it's better for those babies to not have, like, a different nurse every single day. Sure. Because then nobody ever really knows their babies. They get really... Like, she was really complicated. And so I I was like, I'll pray about it. I'll let you know. And then God was really clear (laughs) about that I was supposed to take her as a primary. Really? Yes. Like three separate times really clear because I was, I was like, God, if this is what you want me to do, you need to send me like a specific sign. And he's so patient (laughs) with me. And he did three separate times, like could not have been more clear. Can you elaborate on? So the day that she asked me, and if it didn't happen like this, I never would have taken her as a primary, but I've never been late to work. And it was Monday. It was a Monday. And I was like an hour late for work because I set my, t- <laughs> I set my alarm for PM instead of AM. <laughs> oh goodness. I've done that so, so many times. That has like got me down so I'm hard. I'm so upset. So I set it for 5 PM instead of 5 AM. And so I overslept and work called me at like eight and was like, Hey, are you coming to work today? Did you do the walk of shame? Yes. I had to do the walk of shame into work. Well, because I was late, our charge nurse told took my assignment that I was supposed to Mm -hmm. have that day and we had a no call no show upstairs and so she took my assignment and she asked if I could take the assignment upstairs well I hate being upstairs but I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) sure so um like I took the assignment upstairs and that's the day that Chloe's mom I came down to check on her and she asked if I would um, take her as a primary. And so I was like, well, I'll think about it. Like, I'll mm-hmm. pray about it. I'll let you know. Went back upstairs, prayed about it all day long, and then got home that night. And I was like, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, like, I need you to be very clear about it because I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so went to bed, woke up that next morning to a text message, a really long text message from Emily Lawless. Uh-huh. And at the time, I didn't know who it was because I didn't have her phone number saved. But it's so funny how God works, and Emily's so obedient to God's word when yes, he she gives, is. when he gives her a word. I'm she, learning so much from her. Yes, she's so amazing. And so, uh, woke up that morning from a text message from Emily, and it was just like, I feel in my spirit that the Lord is calling you to step out and do something outside of your comfort zone. Oh like, my gosh. and I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh, like you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, is this my sign? Like, is this confirmation that I'm? to take Chloe, but I'm stubborn, so I went into work, and as soon as I got there, I asked for the original assignment that I was supposed to have um, mm-hmm. downstairs the day before, and which was not Chloe, and so I asked, and they are like, yeah, and then I sat down in the break room, and I was waiting for our assignments, and I was like, okay, God, if this is what I'm supposed to do, if for some reason, out of, because we were high census then, so we had like 65 babies, I was like, out of 65 oh. babies, if I end up with Chloe, after I've specifically asked for a different assignment, other than Chloe, then I will take that as a sign that I need to take her as a primary. And sure enough, so you laid out the fleece. You're like, if so, yeah. Yeah. And so sure enough, I got my assignment for the day and it was Chloe. Oh my gosh. Out of 65. Mm-hmm. That is so crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Tori, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 
That oh, I love. He's a god of the details. I'm telling you, he's a you. god of the details, and he's so patient. Even when I was like, okay, like I need a sign, you know, I need a sign. And he was so patient with me and gave me exactly what I needed. I needed that nudge to step out in faith and do this, and it ended up being one of the hardest things I've ever done because she passed away a week ago today. So she passed away last Friday. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and so that was really, really hard on me but it just goes back to like the amazing co-workers that I had and God's a god of details the way it happened was bad and wrong but um in the end like I saw God's hand in every little detail for the three days that I was there that week it was a Thursday Friday and a Saturday and every day it was just like it had it was all in God's hands and he gave me such a peace and a comfort throughout it all like I got to pray over Chloe and her mother and um like her mom's not a Christian and we got to talk about heaven and what that looked like mm-hmm. and Chloe going to heaven. And um, that was really, that meant a lot to me yeah. that we had that opportunity to do that. And, and then when I had a, I took her down to hosp- like a covenant care for hospice. And we've never done that before with one of our babies. So yeah, I was going to say hospice. You it was, think um, of yeah, it was different. And so everybody, like nobody had done this before. Uh-huh. And we worked together, you know. And so, oh, I know Anne. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and we never, me and Julie, who's like over our missions trip, and she's just a godly woman who is just such a good influence in my life, always pulls me back to scripture. Uh-huh. And then a good friend of mine, her name's Amy. And so we never all four work together. Like in the past year and a half, I cannot tell you a day that all four of us have been in, in the unit at the same time. And that day, we were all there. And so everybody that I needed there that day, like God put there for me. And oh so I never was alone. I always had somebody with me that whole day. Like when I was sitting there, even just sitting there holding and loving on Chloe, like I had people sitting next to me and coming and checking on me all day. And that was really great. And so at the end of the day, right after I brought Chloe downstairs, it wasn't even 45 minutes later that her mom texted me and told me that she had passed. But I, when I got that text message, I was standing with Anne and Amy and Julie. And yeah. I wasn't alone. Like when I got that, like God hand was over the entire thing oh my gosh and so uh, like I went downstairs and I spent like an hour and a half like with the family afterwards mm-hmm. and because um, you basically are a part of the family by then being a primary right yeah like they, yeah and you think about and I didn't think about this because I wasn't sure if I was gonna go downstairs or not uh, I didn't want to like interrupt their family time or make it worse for them and our chaplain her name's Christy and she's so sweet she came up to check on me and we I stood in the hallway for like 30 minutes before I decided to go downstairs and so when I got I was still standing there and she came up she's like hey I just wanted to check on you and I was like were you down there did you go down there and she's like yeah I did and I was like well um I don't know if I should go or not like I don't know what to do like I don't want to make it worse for them I don't want to intrude on like their family time yeah you know it's really touchy yeah so I was like I don't know what to do and she's like Tori I saw her text you as soon as Chloe passed she asked for her phone to text you and I was like oh and then she's like, really think about it. How many people knew Chloe? Not yeah. many. Yeah. And they don't have family here. And so she was like, I think she wants you there. That's why she wanted to text you. And so I did. I went down there. And I'm so glad I did because we do specific things when a baby dies in the NICU that they don't do downstairs. Like I was able to still do them with her and offer that to mom who did want to do that kind of like we have angel gowns and that are made out of wedding dresses for babies that pass brought one of those down and oh, got to do all that. so it was really special that I got to spend that time with the family and um, and then when I left Amy and Julie and Christy were all still waiting for me in the hall an hour and a half they waited out there for me Goodness. and I had no idea I told them to leave I told them to go home but it's just like God's provided like such a good support system for me it allowed me it gave me like just a piece that I just couldn't explain about the whole situation that I shouldn't have had in that kind of situation and yeah. that can only be explained by God and like such a peace and such a comfort and that I was able to spend that time with Chloe and her mom. You know your name circles in their house every time they bring up Chloe. I mean, do you ever just wonder like you were supposed to come in Nanny and Navarre and come to Pensacola just for that family because you don't mm-hmm. know what kind of seeds you planted there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I got to have some really good conversations with mom. She's, like, said that she wants to try to go to church with me. And so, uh, like, just stuff like that. I'm like, what a testament to Chloe's life if her parents come to know Jesus because of What her. a testament to your life, though, that you're willing to step out like that and 
be so brave and so willing to have your heart on a daily basis, like be broken by situations that are so painful physically, like physically painful, mm-hmm. and then so emotional with a family, like a, a newborn baby, you know? Mm-hmm. This situation, I really learned what it's like to have complete dependence on God and how when we get to that place of complete dependence on him it's such a beautiful thing and it's like a weight being lifted off of your shoulders because it wasn't my strength that I got through it I couldn't have done it on my end it was God and how he just completely provided for me when I was so dependent on him and it was just it was really great just to see God work through it like that and just how much he cares about us and loves us and uh, wants to be that for us you know like he wants to be our strength he wants to be our rock and yeah he provides when you give it all to him and just complete dependence. I can't explain it. And I don't think I would have ever gotten to that point if it wouldn't have been through this situation. And then just seeing how like that dependence should carry out over like my whole life. So, you know, like Moses and like the story of God in the burning bush. And yeah, we're actually going through, I'm, we're, I'm saying Tiffany and I, but we are doing the She Reads Truth study for Lent and it's actually over Exodus. So I've been like pouring into Exodus yes. this past month. So yeah. I love that. And I kept going back to that because it's like God was calling Moses to go and, you know, get the Israel, save the Israelites. And yeah, set them free. <clears throat> set them free. And Moses was like, he didn't want to do it. Like he didn't feel like he could do it. He didn't feel like he was good enough. And God just kept telling him, well, I am with you. I am with you. Mm-hmm. It was, God just spoke this over me while I was reading in Exodus. And it was just, you know, that he was calling to do Moses something that was going to require complete dependence on him that he knew Moses could not do on his own, that he knew it was going to require deep dependence. And it was that deep dependence that Moses was going to have to have that was going to carry him to a new level of relationship with God and that God was going to receive all the glory out of this because of that complete dependence. And he's like, Tori, that's just like, I am calling you to do something to step out and primary Chloe when I know it is not something you you're going to be able to do on your own. I know that it is going to require complete dependence, but I am going to receive all the glory from this and I will provide along the way. And he did. He did completely provide. Just like for Moses, he provided um, the elders and then he provided his brother because Moses was like, I don't have eloquent speech. I can't speak. So he gave him his brother who could and spoke for him. Mm -hmm. And so God knew Moses couldn't do it on his own. And not only was God with him through it, but he provided the people on earth who he was going to need to get through it. I just kept going back to that story so many times this past couple of weeks because it's just literally like what just happened for me just in a different way. But. No, it's it's perfect. I love this and it like oh my gosh, it just, that just gives me chills especially cuz I've been I've been studying like Exodus and I was listening to it this morning just like oh so I I love any Moses analogy for sure. Like so good. Yeah, it was really good and I love that God just like you know brought that story to life for me like yeah. never before. You know, even just like when Moses noticed the burning bush and then God spoke. It wasn't like God was just calling him over to the burning bush. It was, there was a burning bush and God waited Mm -hmm. for Moses to notice it and go over to it before he spoke. And it was just like at the beginning when I was, you know, waiting to decide to take Chloe as a primary that it was like, what am I, what is God trying to get my attention with that? He's just waiting for me to notice so he can speak to me. And that's exactly what it was. It was. That makes me feel shame though, because how many things do we not notice? Right. How many things do we not notice? I notice that when I'm being like very eyes wide open and very intentional to how God is moving, that's when he surprises me the most. And that is another Mm -hmm. thing that's been on my heart recently is that like we serve God who does not change, Mm -hmm. but he loves surprises. Like Mm -hmm. he has so many adventures for us along the way. And I, the one with Chloe, of course, is like very sad and stuff, but still like, it like changed you. It was mm-hmm. it was an adventure in mm-hmm. in some way, yeah. A, 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 a journey, or you know, mm-hmm. to draw you closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So tell me, because <laughs> this is terrible. But the only thing that I like know the how I get all my like medical jargon is from Grey's Anatomy, and I know <laughs> that Grey's Anatomy is not the real deal. So tell me, what like is a day? Take me through your day, you know, and like in if you're going to work in the NICU, I'm not phrasing this right, but 
Every day. Give me, yeah, give me a synopsis of your day. There's not there's not a typical day. No typical day. There's no okay. typical day. So I can't even give you like a synopsis of my day because you literally never know what it's going to be like. Okay. Yeah, you just literally never know what it's going to be like. It could be busy and crazy or it could be like a slower day. Yeah, I don't even know how I'd explain okay. that because every day is just completely different. And that but that's one of the things I like about the NICU is you never know what you're going to yeah. get. You don't know if you're going to have, like, a crazy, hectic day or not, or a day you can't keep up, or a day you don't even get to eat lunch or go to the bathroom. There's some days I come home, and I'm like, I have not gone to the bathroom at all today. Oh, my goodness. I don't and know I how you do that. And I was at work for 13-plus hours. Like I don't how, know how you do that, man. Some days are just that busy, where it's literally, like... the bladder of a squirrel. I can barely do I it. have a bladder of a squirrel, but it's because I didn't drink anything, like, all day long for 13... Oh you know, like, if you do that, then... You, if, thank your you local day. NICU nurse. Please, <laughs> everyone go out and just, just thank them. They need a, they need a hug and a, not a cup of coffee because they can't go to the bathroom, but they need something. They need some love. <laughs> but it's all, it's all worth it. You know, and those families are such blessings to us and all those babies that we have just the privilege of working with and getting to know and mm-hmm. seeing, meeting the milestones. And it's so much fun to like, just celebrate the little stuff, like, with families that a lot of families take for granted, you know, that you don't even ever think about until your child's in the NICU. Yeah. Wow. Going a totally different route, I just want to say that you, and I've told you this before, you represent Christ so well. Like, <laughs> honestly, you are, you dress so trendy. You always look put together. You're obviously, like, very beautiful, you know, but the other thing is, like, you're so smart and you are so willing to lead the younger generation because you did used to host a junior high girls Bible study. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And one of my favorite and probably will be forever one of my favorite memories of you is watching you in Sunday service. I was sitting like two rows behind you one Sunday and you were sitting in the middle of the row and you had all of these little junior high girls beside you. And there you were with your blonde hair, just raising your hands to the Lord. And these girls were joining right along with you. And you could tell, because I, I watched very closely, like they went and just like, they were looking at you like halfway through the, like the entire worship session. They, they were always just looking at you. And I thought, oh my gosh, just what a great jewel in the kingdom. Like Tori is like being an example for these girls, because I'm telling you, had I been, have, if I were their age, I would absolutely, like, want to be a part of your squad. Like, you know, definitely. You just, you do, you rep Christ so well, and with your job, and, yeah, I'm just, I am so, I'm in awe. Like, I really am. I'm, you, you just impress me so much, and I know it's not just me, for sure. Aww. Well, thank you. Those girls, oh my gosh, they're such a blessing to me. Like, I'd never realized how a group of middle school girls could affect my life in such a big way, but they truly are, like, all so amazing, and, uh, like, it was such, just an honor to be able to just be a small part of their lives, you know? Oh, you were a big part of their lives. Are you kidding? <laughs> I saw it. I got to witness it. <laughs> well, thank you. Every Sunday, they run up and hug you, like... I know. It's the best feeling in the I, world. I've been talking to you, and these random kids are like, "Hey, Tori!" Like, "Hey!" Like, I love that they do that. It's, yes, it's like just fills my heart up so much. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's the greatest thing ever. Do you think you're going to lead that group again? So now, um, I still do Wednesdays, but it's just all together now. So we do junior high, oh, so high school, still and boys and girls. Yes, and we just do it all together um, at the Keen's house. I don't know if you know. Yeah, Stacey King, of course. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's at their house now, and so it's just different. Like, we don't have, like, our small groups. We split up for small groups while we're there. But mm-hmm. um, So I work two, two Wednesdays a month now, since I'm not hosting it at mm-hmm. my house. Um so the other two Wednesdays, like, I'm Oh, so you them. were hosting it at your Yeah, I was then. here, yeah. Oh, you know those girls love that, I'm sure. <laughs> they probably, did they take, yeah. like, selfies in your mirror? I don't know. <laughs> she has this big, like, stand-up mirror in her, in, her cor- in the corner of her living room, and it is awesome. <laughs> so pretty. Yeah. I would, that would be, like, I'd be drawn to that We'd the first thing. We'd all sit around this coffee table, and, but there were some weeks we had, like, 15 girls, like, 15 people sitting, like, my place is really small, so we would, it was literally packed. Oh, f- wow. Yeah. Man, it'd have to be it noisy, so, too, get a yeah. bunch of teenage girls in here. It was so here. much fun. It yeah. Was, it was a blast. Oh, anytime you get, like, groups like that or women together, I'm learning it's just, it's so much fun. 
So how long have you been going to Liberty? I forget. Since right after I moved here. So I, I started going there the week after the downtown campus opened. Oh, so you were one of the originals. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I didn't know it. <laughs> Me and Anne, we went together and we had no idea that it had just opened. We're getting ready to, it'll be two years in September. September yeah. yeah, two years in September. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I love our church. I, I absolutely love it. It's like one of the best things about it. And you're getting ready to start a runner's group. Yeah, I don't know if I am. So I was going to, and I've been praying a lot about it, but I'm really learning right now not to say yes to everything. Yeah. And so... (laughs) Are you a yes girl usually? (laughs) Yes. I have a really hard time saying no. Like, I want to do everything, but I can't. And so my schedule the past couple months has been so crazy. Like, I've not had time to just be still. Man, thanks for letting me into that circle for a while then. I'm, I mean, I feel, I hope I didn't put you out then. Like, no, no, not at all. Um, but it's just now, like this week is like the first today is like the first day. And I don't know okay. how long that I've had just like a day to Oh, do I feel so like privileged then. Like, thank no. you. <laughs> Seriously, thank you. Like for having me over. Yeah, of course. Um, but I mean, it's just like I've been doing a lot of other stuff. So like, you know, I'm in three different. Bible studies. That's right, you are. And I'm reading uh, this, like, Bible plan. It's, like, really good. Through the Bible in a year. But right now it's going from John to Jude in six weeks. Oh, goodness. That's intense. Yeah, it's a lot. And with Tracy Shinnick, I'm doing, like, a prayer strategy group. And it's just, like, me, Tracy, and Alyssa. Is that the one on Tuesday mornings? Mm -mm. When when is... It's different every week because we go around my schedule. Oh, nice, okay. Like work schedule. Oh, so you, you guys plan around. So mm-hmm. she like you'll go and meet with her whenever you mm-hmm. can. How cool! I love her. She's Once awesome. Week, yeah, she's amazing, and she's been such. She's like a, an amazing mentor to me, and it's been great. I'm reading her 31 Days of Love and Truth. Oh yeah, that series for yes. I added that into Lynn as well. Man, she she is gifted. She is so gifted. I, have you seen her, like, website where she does, like, a blog? And yeah, stuff? yeah. I've checked that out for sure. Mm-hmm. I've surfed that a lot. She is – she writes in such a unique way. Well, God just speaks to her in such uh-huh. a unique way. And, I mean, it just, like, pours out when she – like, the Holy Spirit literally pours through her while she's writing. Yeah. It's amazing just how in tune she is to the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite things about the way she writes is, like, she leaves these big spaces. Mm-hmm. And it makes it very personal. Mm-hmm. It's like she'll write a sentence and then she'll drop a few lines and maybe she'll add like two words. Mm-hmm. Or then, you know, yeah. then she'll just continue going. I've told her this and I feel like such maybe even crazy thing thinking it this way. But like I feel like I'm like breathing like as I'm like God's kind of like we're just sitting there like in a very still moment. And it's almost like I take a breath in between each word and it's like. God still got this, you know? Yeah. It's through the eyes of God that she like writes this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you are brave and then it's like a, like a drop and it's like, and you are loved and treasured. And you know, I feel like my heart like pausing, like, okay, yeah. like I'm just like breathing with God right now, uh-huh. just like being still. And I love that. Yeah. So but, you're in, so you're in a Bible study with her. Yeah. yeah. That's well, cool. It's she like works around your schedule. Yes. She approached me about it. It's a prayer strategy. It's called, it's a song. It's called, um, Watch the ramparts. Oh, she's talked with me about this. Yes, she you, has because she wants to put me on this next. <laughs> you would love it. You would love it. And it started out just me and her. Um, and then she was like, if you know anybody that would like to do it with you, you can invite them. And so I had just mentioned it to Alyssa. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I want to do that. And so Alyssa started doing it with us. But it's six weeks and it's seven days a week. And each section has like a listening section. Um, with like questions for you to like slow down and listen to God, but she writes it all just like you said through the eyes of God. And so, um, this last week it was all about this is super interesting. So it's all about being bold in God's word uh-huh. and not being afraid to speak truth. And mm-hmm. it's talking about how, let me read this to you. You're going to love this. It's okay. so good. I think it's really easy to conform to people around us, even if we don't agree with it. I feel like even. Staying quiet and not saying anything is us, in a way, conforming to the... Because we don't agree with it. Yeah, you know that statement just went against, like, everything society's pushing right now. <laughs> All about coexisting. But speaking God's truth is the most loving and merciful thing we can do for yeah. somebody. And so this says, being honest about the truth of God that affects people eternity 
is the most loving and merciful thing we can do for a person. Contemplate that one. Oh, to be able to say like Paul, I never shrank or kept back or fell short from declaring to you the whole purpose and plan and counsel of God. Oh, I love that. And that's from Acts I never even thought of it that way, though, that it's like that is the best gift we can give them. Yes. And then this part says, um, and this is all Tracy, she said, God is not calling us to be softer and to edge around the truth and allow the enemy to continue diluting or creeping into even the church's thinking. Rather, it is time to hide, store up, treasure his word, all of its truth, not just the easy, full good, and then not only to hear it, but do it. And then it gives the verse of Luke six forty six, which says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Ooh, that is like so convicting. So you're a journaler then too, obviously. No. You're not? You're just like a no. prayer journaler? Yeah, um, not until I read, uh, and you can look at this too if you want yeah. to. Um, not until I read The Circle Maker. Oh, I haven't read that yet. Oh, you have to read that. You was it really, was it great? Hands down, the most powerful book I've ever read. It completely changed my prayer life, 110%. Chris's uncle, Jim Richardson, always talks about that in every conversation that we have. He loves it, so it's it needs to be added to my list of 2018 reads. You have to read that because it is so good. Like, When did you read it? I started it in November, and I finished it in January. Of this past year? Mm -hmm. Okay. But I did um, the 21-day fast, and I did the 40-day prayer challenge or devotional that um is that along with the book it's separate from the book but it's called the circle keeper or something like that and it doesn't refer back to the book but it repeats kind of the same step but it's like a 40-day devotional but i did that in the 21 day fast at the same time and so that and it ended up ending on the same day and so yes it was incredible like that 21 days but it ended on the same day but it ended on the same day because i had started it closer i had started the 40-day prayer devotional in December. Did you do that intentionally? No. And then I did the, tw- I wasn't planning on doing the fast and then I did the fast, but I did, I didn't do a uh, Daniel fast or anything like that because I was training for that half marathon. And so I didn't want to cut out any kind of protein yeah. um, from like my diet just because I was training. And so I did 21 days of no TV, like at all. When I got home from work, instead of watching TV, I would just spend time in my Bible and in God's word and, um, journaling because the circle maker is really big on journaling and then journaling out your prayers so you can remember to go back to it yeah and thank thank him and god receives the glory from those prayers and so i did that and um, it was incredible that's when i started journaling my prayers Mm -hmm. and then i started journaling journaling after that um and then this just kind of fell in line with the whole journaling things that's amazing but i'm not a journaler i didn't like it well i think there's such a stigma behind journaling that it has to be today i woke up and i did this and it's like no you don't have to do that at all and that doesn't that Mm. isn't the same for everyone some people just write a few sentences or yeah mine normally start out in prayer and then um i like journaling through scripture and so as i'm like digging in and reading like i'll try and journal that out like allow god to and god speaks to me like a lot through that. You are returning back to the Dominican Republic this mm-hmm. summer, and this is your second time going to the Dominican. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. So last year when we went, we went to go set up like clinics down there. We went through. And this is you and Anne, right? Um, well, it's with like a. We went with All of Baptist Church. Nobody really went to Olive. It's just Olive hosted the trip. And Julie, who okay. was like our leader, she goes to Olive. But Olive went last year too. And mm-hmm. so, or the year before. Anyway, went down there with like a team. Orphan's Heart is like a huge ministry that they have built this community in the Dominican. And they built this town or a village, I guess, that takes in people based off the most need from the surrounding villages. And so they built like these little like concrete houses that they built them in. And then there's a church at the center of the town. Went down there to set up a clinic there, like at that village. And so... Did that, and then the local hospital heard that we had NICU nurses with us. And so Caesar, who's like our in-country contact, he set it up so we could go to the hospital. They asked to come and do education with their NICU nurses. And so we went down there and um, walked into the hospital, set up. We did like a PowerPoint of what we were going to go over as far as education. And we really knew that they were going to have like no resources. And I just don't think any of us really realized to what extent, because it was just me Anne, and Julie that were the NICU nurses. And so, um, Julie had 
seen the NICU the year prior, but didn't do anything with it. She was the only one who knew what to expect. So we walked in. It was just completely overwhelming. I mean, really small room. It's like the size of my living room. There's just babies like lined up in um, like ice sluts and radiant warmers, but none of them actually worked. So none of the babies had blankets or clothes or anything to keep them warm at all. They were just kind of like laying there naked and there's no monitors. There was no IV pumps to like give them IV fluids. There was... you feel like you walked into a different era? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just felt like I walked into like no resources at all. They had some equipment, but the equipment they had didn't work. So like they had radiant warmers that would keep a baby warm, but it was broken. Or they had an isolate that would keep a like a premature baby warm, uh-huh. but it was broken. And so when we got there, I was just like completely overwhelmed. It was like the most helpless feeling I've ever felt. And so I immediately went up to like this little baby who was like a 27, 28 weeker. So I mean, small. He was like the size of my hand, a little bit bigger. He was like a little bit longer. Um, and he was just laying there on just barely any respiratory support. His lungs were like completely collapsed. Like you couldn't hear any breath sounds. And it was just like, I knew what that child needed, but I didn't have any of the equipment to give him what he needed so all I could do was just stand there and pray over him and then Julie walked up to another baby and she went to go flip her over on her belly well when she did she like grabbed her leg and it was ice cold so she asked for like a thermometer and they only had one thermometer and it took them forever to find it and they it was like an old mercury thermometer took that baby's temperature and it was 92 degrees which isn't compatible with life Mm-hmm. And so we like went over how to warm her back up, how you needed to warm her back up really slowly. And she ended up passing away like a couple hours after we left. And so it was really just at that moment that we realized like they need so much education. Like they didn't understand the importance of taking a temperature, why they needed to take a temperature. That 28 weeker, they were trying to give a bottle to. Like his lungs weren't even expanded so he could breathe. And they're trying to feed him. I mean, it was oh just, gosh. yes, it was just so much education that they needed and supplies. I mean, blankets. That baby died because she was cold. She was a term baby. She wasn't even premature. She was a term child who died because she was cold and didn't have a blanket. And it was that I was like, we take so much for granted. Like here in our NICU or here just in general, no baby's going to die because they don't have a blanket. When you're at the hospital, those blankets are free. They wrap your baby up in blankets and we take that for granted. Just simple things like that. Gloves, to put on gloves before you touch a baby. They had one box of gloves. And I remember we were like, because we're so used to changing out our gloves every time you touch like a different baby, obviously. And they're like, no, 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 that's our only box of gloves. Like that's it once they're gone. And so that was really, like, it was really hard, really heartbreaking. But after that, like, God really laid that unit on my heart. We sent, like, eight to ten suitcases full of blankets down there. Yeah. As soon as we got back. And then we um, have been just in contact with them. We did the education stuff, but just kind of been in contact with them since. And this year, we have five NICU nurses going, which means that we have a team specifically just to go to the NICU the entire time that we're there. That is amazing. Which is so amazing. God is so good. He's definitely provided. Did you recruit? So when we came back, uh, it's still me, Anna, Julie. So that was three. And then Amy's going. And then um, her name's Lydia. She's going to go. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And there's more that want to go, but we can't have that many nurses gone at one time. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. In our unit. But um, so this year, I'm super excited to see what the Lord has in store and really grateful that we have the opportunity to go and just go to the NICU. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be really good. I remember last summer when you and Anne came home, I remember seeing the text messages and, well, first of all, all the pictures. The pictures were so sweet. They broke my heart, but they were so beautiful. And you guys just look like you're in your element, just Mm -hmm. helping and loving on those people. And I remember you saying that you all needed prayer because it was a lot to transition Mm -hmm. from being in that kind of environment and in that country and then coming home to lavish United mm-hmm. States. Yeah. And just everything that we have here was a reminder of what they don't. Yeah. You know, when we came back. And so it was really hard, like, being back when, again, like, half your heart is left down there. When you're somewhere like that, at least for us, like, we left our heart down. Like, do you think deep. about it at least once a day? 
Oh, at least. Like, I want to live down there. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Like, if God were to somehow put that in the plan, like, right now, like, would you just immediately go? <laughs> That's really funny you say that, but don't put this in the podcast. I won't. But, um, so, a couple weeks ago, so going through this, like, Watch the Ramparts, Tracy mm-hmm. has us write down, like, these big, like, God-sized prayers and specific yeah. things that we're praying over, because it's mm-hmm. all about prayer, mm-hmm. and so, um, and she wants you to write down, like, these things that God's, like, just crazy God-sized dreams and prayers, and so, um, like, one day, one that came to me as soon as we started, which I didn't even realize because I went back and looked. I have a separate journal just for like things that God's laid on my heart throughout this. And I didn't even realize that I'd already put it down there the first day, which I don't remember doing that. And so, um, when I looked at it last night, it was like the very, is the second thing that's on my list. And it says to live in the Dominican. And so like a month ago, God really laid it on my heart that, um, like what if I could just go down in June and, and just stay the entire summer and how much would I like how much would I be able to do down there and mm-hmm. education wise like with those nurses how many changes could we bring to that NICU and how many babies could we save because yeah. of it you know and so I was like oh I don't know it's like a really huge dream and but I wrote it down um told Tracy about it and so they'd been praying over that and I was like I'm I wrote it down in my journal as far as, like, steps I needed to take. Like, okay, like, God's laid this on my heart. Now I need to like start. You mean like, it, like, kind of halfway yes. almost. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I need to do something. And so it was talk to my manager and then talk to my landlords because that would mean – I don't even know – oh, I didn't know if it was possible to take three months off of work. Like, that's three months. Taking that much time off of work, it would, would they hold my position is really oh, – like, can okay. I – would I have to quit and then, like, try to get rehired when I came back? Like, can I take a leave of absence? You may pull a Katie Davis and you might not come back. <laughs> Somebody else said that, too. I think it was About Alyssa. Katie Davis? Yeah. I think it was Alyssa, who went to Africa and yeah, she, like, she has, like, back. a bunch of kids there now. So, but for right now, I'm planning on coming back. So I talked to my manager last week, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, God laid this on my heart. I don't know if it's even possible. And she's like, I've never had somebody take a leave of absence before. She's like, you know, we're really short-staffed right now, but if you want to do this, she's like, it is a thing. It's a possibility. You could do it. And I mean, There's to go always got to be a first, you know, like someone's She's gonna... like, you'd have to go through this, this, and this, and she gave me the information. She's like, and then it would be sent to me, and I would have to approve it. And she's like, I would approve it for you. Oh, and she's yeah. like, and all it would do is just hold your position. She's like, but you wouldn't get benefits or insurance or anything while you're gone. And I was like, well, I don't get that anyway. I was like, okay. So she gave me the information, and I was like, I, was like, I went to go pay rent. And um, I was like, I need to talk to my landlords about this. So I went over to their house, and they just had a baby. So I got to see the baby and stuff. And I told her, and I was like, look, like God's laid this on my heart. I feel like he's called me to do it. Still so much has to fall into place for it to even happen. But I knew the first thing I needed to do was find out from work if it was even an option. And the second thing I needed to do was talk to you guys because I would not be able to pay rent for three months. And um, she was like, wow. She's like, well, um, like we don't want to be the reason to hold you back. She's like, I don't want you not to go because of us. And she's like, Tori, whatever it takes, like, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. And so I asked her about doing, like, um, like just renting out my place for the summer, like, doing Airbnb type of thing. And she was like, yeah. She's like, that would be fine. She's like, we actually have an Airbnb on the beach. She's like, so we could run it for you while you're gone if that's what you wanted to do. And she's like, I don't know if it would be rented out, you know, continually just because it's not on the beach. But I live, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the mm-hmm. beach. She's like, so maybe. And she's like, but we could definitely do that. And she's like, honestly, she's like, we've been saving up money. And she's like, if this is the reason we've been saving up money. So we wouldn't, she's like, if this is what God's calling you to do, you need to do it. And she's like, we're not going to hold you back. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I, I can't like, get over this. This is like insane. I was like, okay. So, so what's, so then what happened? So now I need to talk to Caesar, like our in country contact and find well, out. He's going to say yes. And find out if it's like possible to be at the hospital during that time, like where I would stay, if I need to go through Orphan's Heart to be able to go. Okay. But you know, like, I, you know that that's going to be an open door. They're going to welcome all the help they can get. So don't you, I don't know how it would work because I have to have a translator. And so that would be somebody who's like hired through Orphan's Heart to translate. Cause I, I mean, they all speak Spanish. There's not one other nurse Spanish. that you could get that's like a speaks both. What if you need, are you, have you already started practicing Spanish? Ooh, you should, that should be your next step. Yeah. I'm being that serious. <laughs> I don't even know what I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I need to know. For Spanish? First, yeah. 
I mean, I've like taken words. a little bit. Like it's like I mean, I I can um, say a few things, but as like you far need to as, learn like, to... in the hospital, like what I need to be able to say. Like I don't even know. Probably should ask like where things are. Like don't they start like where's like. Like, don't they start super mommy, papa? Like, if you look kid, you know, like, yeah. where's your, where's your parents? You know, you can do it. Come on, girl. Like, it's not that hard. Like, I, I mean, I think being there too, I would pick up a lot. You well, know? okay, so you need to. Okay, well, let's go this route. You're gonna live there. You need to know how to order food and like to go grocery. So shopping. So that's what I need to figure out too, because I wouldn't have like a vehicle like to get around, or like it's not yeah. safe down there either. So oh. if I'm saying like at like a place with through orphan's heart or like i i know nothing like you right know now. that, that like god's gonna beginning. open that if it's supposed to happen yes and if not it's yes. a sign it's a definitely protecting you yes exactly i was literally very beginning stages of like this whole thing there's so much that still needs to be figured out but and then like bill wise i sat down today to figure out like how much i would need to cover like all my bills for three months i have faith that god it's all in god's hands if this is what he has called me to do these are just little details to him that are so easy for him to cover even Crazy, to me yeah. it's like overwhelming and there's like a lot that he's to i love the fact that you're happen. dreaming though because like so many people don't dream they yeah just, they just don't dream and like it's like why not like especially now like in the time of your like this is like the time of our lives where we don't have children and mm-hmm. we can still figure out these things for ourselves with yeah and just like you said earlier like God's a God of details. Like, he cares about the details. So, praying, like, super specific prayers. Well, now I know how to pray for you, too. Because yes. I just, like... Yes. So, Please how will that work? If you go that. down in June, are the, will those girls later come down and see you for their own mission trip? Or will you guys so go down would, together and they'll leave you? Yes. That we would go down together and they would leave. Dang it. I wish that was halfway in the middle so that you could come in and know specifically how to use them. Mm-hmm. And plus, that would be a little bit to get you through an encouragement. But it'll be good. Yeah. If that's what's supposed to happen. And if it's not, then it's not, and that's okay. And I hope it happens for you, though, but, if it's what you want. Like, yeah. It only, yeah. Yeah, I would do I could that. totally see it I happening, though. Because I just have a feeling, and I, I I totally mean this sincerely, like, I have just, for one, I think your guy, I think Caesar's gonna be like, absolutely. And I think the things, if it's, I feel like it's gonna just fall into, like, someone's gonna be like, oh, yeah, well, somebody did that a couple of years ago and they stayed with this person and like she's she did like or you know yeah. like this person i don't know partner you with like or we have someone who's doing the exact same thing like it could be a number of things you yeah. know how that works yeah i don't know you gotta keep me posted on that for I sure will. yeah I like will. you have such a big heart and i am so so thankful that we're friends like I, i'm so glad that we met at like the fosco coffee Me shop too. you know and it's so funny um because some of the stuff that you shared i didn't even i didn't even know about before starting the podcast i had two people in mind in starting this that i wanted to um interview and it was nikki howard and it was you you were the second one that i just like you two, two ladies were the ones that i was like i have to interview and when god kind of gave me the vision for the podcast your your names like appeared immediately in my brain and I think one was for like your voice your voice is so sweet like I said earlier like yes it is I love your accent I absolutely (laughs) love and I was like everyone's gonna love her you know but I feel like it's turned into something bigger within like this past hour just like yeah like there's so such a reason for your name to come to my mind and for you to be able to share what you have for what the job you do, your story with Chloe, story with your brother, how you're going to the Dominican, and just, like I said, how you live your life. You are such a just beautiful representation of Christ's love and all of the amazing things that he could do. And so thank you for your service to the kingdom, sincerely. Like, I mean that with every bit of my heart. Well, thank you. I'm so excited that you asked me to do this. It's been so fun. Yeah, and I think that's one thing I do want people to know is like this is the real deal. Like this, the, I don't script any of the questions. Like yeah. we just kind of and I do love that you the Holy don't, Spirit. I feel like leads. it's very genuine. Like the whole the whole time is very genuine. Oh, I mean every bit of it. Out, yeah, you know? I mean every bit of it, and it's it's so cool to kind of get to see like an insight of your world, like where you do life, and also just like what sets your heart aflame which is like helping others and just you see this big see the big plans that god has for your life and you're like not afraid to jump in like wherever he has you and i love that about you i think that is so good and i cannot wait for people to hear your story tori oh thank you definitely very good and very faithful and amazing 
After doing this interview in March, a few weeks later, Tori found out that she actually would be able to go to the Dominican Republic, and she also will be working in Guatemala for the summer. I just wanted to leave that part of the interview because I think it is such a message of how God works and how prayers can be answered, and it's really just a tribute to Tori. Her heart is so in for doing whatever God wants her to do. She's got this amazing spiritual walk with the Lord and is on fire for him. And so I just ask that you guys all pray for her as she goes to the Dominican Republic this summer and then on to Guatemala. There will be a follow-up episode where she shares all about her experiences this summer and I'm looking so forward to that. So until then, please give her a follow on Instagram. Catch up with what she's doing. She's doing amazing things. Links to that will be in the show notes. As well, the music in the background is by my amazing friend, Christy Masing, who is going to be doing some recording in Nashville coming up and I'm super excited and stoked for her about that. So please go check out her music. Also, if you want to stay connected and you like what we're doing here, please subscribe to the show. That is the best thing that you you can do and as always you can find me at coleybrowning.com or on instagram coley browning k-o-h-l-i-e and browning like the rifle love to hear from all of you guys if you're going on a mission trip this summer like i said i have bought my map so i will put your name on my map and pray over you every single morning as i am in my office thank you as always for being here sincerely it means the world I cannot believe that people actually listen to this podcast love you guys and enjoy your memorial day weekend It's going to be fun, right? I mean, I'm going to work at a few ball games. I'm working for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. So if you're in the Pensacola area and you want to come say hey, come say hey. As always, be bold, be brave, and be you. And remember that he is still with you. you.